All right, good afternoon. Good day, everybody. Rob, Ben, and Joe here with you. Minus Ben, but we got Rob and Joe here with you, so we'll take that, right? That's right. Two-thirds <laughs> of the equation. Two-thirds of the equation all day long. That, that sucker, Ben, is out doing fun stuff, and he's supposed to be quarantining in the house. I know, I know. But uh, we'll give him a pass anyway. How about that? So it is uh, the opening day of Major League Baseball season right now. Surprise, surprise. I don't know if uh, – you're aching like I am, Rob, to be uh, playing the baseball, but aching for any sport right now, right? Yeah, pretty much uh, itching to watch anything. It's just uh, you sit down at night, and there's nothing to watch but the news, and uh, <laughs> you get enough of that throughout the day. They just continue to beat a dead horse over and over again until the next day comes. So yeah. I found it just increasingly enjoyable just to watch the Dow stock meter increased the last two days. <laughs> it's there like the go. only positive that I've seen just because money's coming in the market is so, is funny that the the way that the human behavior. I've watched it go all the way to like nineteen, and I've just watched it steady tick. Just tick tick tick. <laughs> That's the most positive thing I've seen. So all there's right. no sports on. Well, some positive news for you here. Of course, you're listening to the Rob Ben and Joe Show, uh, courtesy of Network One Sports and uh, Bubba's Tire. And also, you can now find us on Instagram and Twitter, where we live at RBJ Show, Facebook at RBJ Podcast, and now on your Spotify and your Google iTunes or Google your iTunes playlist <laughs> or uh, iTunes Podcast, Google Music, as you may know or now, Apple Music. Why do I keep wanting to call it Google? It's Apple Music. Google's right? a big brand. Yeah. <laughs> you can find <laughs> us on your, your iTunes podcast. We'll say it that That's way. It. Just search for uh, Robin and Joe Show. We're right there. And today, since it uh, is the opening day of baseball season, I will cry in my beer later. <sighs> we'll talk about baseball. But we're going to talk about the NFL as well and college football. As uh, people are starting to question, Rob, we saw you were talking about an article before we got on air today. Uh, they're starting to question – whether or not we will get into football, right? And that's just crazy right now, I think. I think that's just too far off to be starting to make those type of decisions. And they kind of – I know we'll talk a little about it later, but just because they've postponed the Olympics overseas – Right. In, in, uh, wasn't it supposed to be in Japan? Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Don't take my football away yet. <laughs> that's and, right. And, I mean, they really – like, you know, I just do not see that being able to happen just because – the universities, they depend on that type of money. Like, that is big. Mm-hmm. It's like the basketball stuff for March Madness for the NCAA. Did you see those numbers? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I saw an article on that. It was 135 or $35 million that they were taking out of that pot. I saw a number, an article on I'll find that article here it's, in a minute. It's but. insane how much they gave up from not being able to play because they – Made a billion off of almost a billion. Yeah, it was off almost of it a billion last year. Total well, revenue. I mean, so you're you're talking about astronomical amounts of money, but just imagine college football on a Saturday in August or set when <clears throat> it's basically September. Right. Imagine how much money each one of those school gets because now you have the SEC network, ACC, Pac-12. You have all these networks that if they don't have football, what are they going to generate revenue off of for right. four or five months? It's uh, who knows. Yeah, and that's a part of like, hey, you really have to sit back and we'll have to, you know, at that point, I think we'll have therapies and other stuff to really, because there's a lot of stuff that's coming around now that we're, you know, everybody's all hands on deck. Right. I think it's going to come around, but I think you have to do a cost-benefit analysis of, you know, especially for the universities of what the cost-benefit analysis is, and not even to mention, you already gave some kids in the spring, you already cut their season short, and so like, the overlap from players not being able to play, could you imagine skipping a season? What's going to happen to these kids? 
It is un- almost unthinkable to think about if we hadn't have already experienced something so crazy yeah. already. It would be unthinkable. But luckily for us here on the show tonight, we have a, a friend joining us tonight, a former NFL defensive back friend of mine, played high school ball together. And uh, I have to say, Evan was much better than I was, I guess, because he's got years in the NFL, and I never even got close. So, <laughs> Evan Oglesby on the phone with us here tonight. Evan, how are you doing, sir? Man, I'm doing great, you know, <laughs> for the time being. Like you said, we quarantined inside, so it's a different world for me right now. <laughs> I hear you. So, uh, just so you know, our friend here, Evan, uh, I'll let you give your, your resume, sir, but uh, – we, uh, we played ball together, Stevens County High School in uh, Toccoa, Georgia. Evan was a, a phenomenal player, a year or two younger than me, but uh, spent some time in the league and also at the college level. So, Evan, why don't you go ahead and give us your resume there and let everybody know who and what you were doing in the league. Um, well, again, you know, I graduated in 2000 here in Stevens County, and um, I attended the University of North Alabama. Uh, there was I was a four-year starter uh, my junior season. I um, – I guess uh, was able to become a first team All American, so that was like a major honor for me to actually get that accolade behind my name. And um, fortunately, I guess during that season we played a Division One school, um, and they had some guys getting scouted by the NFL, and I had a pretty good game um, versus those guys. And then that following week, uh, I had about seventeen NFL teams at my practice, so I got on the radar. <laughs> wow! During that day. And uh, didn't get drafted, but I went uh, undrafted uh, free agent to the Buffalo Bills. I played there my rookie season um, for most of that season just on practice squad. Then the Baltimore Ravens allocated me in December of my rookie season to the active roster. And so I played with the Ravens 2005, 2006, played with Dallas 2007, went back to Baltimore in 2008, and 9 and 10 I was uh, down in Miami. So that was a little bit of my NFL career. I hear you down there, down there with my Dolphins. You know I'm a Dolphins fan, right? Bless your heart. <laughs> Evan, that, this is Rob here. It's good to talk with you, man, but that's what we tell him all the time. Yeah. You, yeah. you, you got a rough squad, man. <laughs> so, Evan, let us uh, let us ask you a couple of questions because you've been uh, in the NFL and in that environment uh, as a player. If you were playing today – and uh, all this stuff was going on. What would what would it be like in your mind or in a in a team organization? You think right now? What are those players going through? I mean, you know, we all are trying to better yourselves or better themselves because they know that you know the season is coming up. Eventually, hopefully, everything will you know get back into play, and you have millions of people wanting your job. So I'm sure these guys are not sitting at home just kicking their feet up. I mean, I'm sure <laughs> most of the guys have gyms in their own uh, home, and they're uh, probably pretty much staying uh, focused and probably working out more during this time. It's also a good time to kind of find out more about yourself uh, mentally. Oh, yeah, I can definitely see that because you've got to be your own uh, your own motivator at that point. And I know, like you were saying, most of the people at that level, to play at that level, you've got to be motivated but uh, at this point, you've got to have that that turned up just one more notch to stay ready, I guess, oh, wouldn't yeah. you think? I mean, not even on the just the physical side, but the mental side. you got more uh, opportunity now to study film, kind of go back in your former uh, uh, film study and work on a lot of your weaknesses that you have. So this upcoming season, you'll be a little bit step ahead of everybody. So it's actually a good opportunity if those guys take it serious. 
Yeah, absolutely. Gives them a chance to take some time. And uh, I was fortunate enough to play uh, four years uh, at Mercer University in Macon. So I was at, we were in Division One AA. We played in the Southern Conference. And so I'm well aware of the collegiate demands and everything. And so, Evan, talk a little bit uh, just for our listeners so they can kind of understand. From going to college to the professional level, kind of talk a little bit about maybe the difference in preparation, like how much more independence do you have at the NFL level? Like, you know, at the collegiate level, you basically, you respond to, you know, the college coaches and they basically are your boss and you go to every team thing that's required and there's not a whole lot that you do individually besides some, you know, group work or some group workouts, you know, on a Saturday or after classes and stuff, so... Talk a little bit about it. how much uh, how much independence do you have, and how much uh, how how dedicated do you have to be and disciplined um, at the professional level compared to the collegiate level? Well, like you said, it's, it's a major difference between college and professional. Uh, you know, in college, again, you're with your team most of the time. You know, those coaches pretty much uh, demand you to be at these uh, meetings and workouts and proper meal prep and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the difference between the NFL, again, there's millions of guys that's wanting your job. So if you don't do what you have to do, then it's okay. We got other guys that we can go after. <laughs> it's pretty simple. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, my story is a lot different from versus a draft pick. Um, those call guys we call the, the, the chosen ones. <laughs> so they can be at practice and they can probably mess up millions of times and those coaches <laughs> still give them a chance to correct their mistakes yep me being a walk-on i didn't have room at all to mess up so you know you have a lot of guys that you know when they're not in and they're on the sideline watching they're probably jaw jacking around and playing around me i was listening to the coaches of what they was telling the starters so when i got my uh chance to get in i actually knew what i was doing and i wouldn't mess up so uh, you definitely have to take it serious in the professional level because, again, you have millions of people that's just as good as you trying to get that one spot on the roster. So it's like, you know, I'm not saying it's stressful, but it is very stressful. <laughs> I'll <laughs> say it's stressful. Yeah, I'll say that. Yeah, I, yeah. Could, I, yeah, I can but, imagine, man. I mean, it, but it, again, like, like I said, I was undrafted free agent, so it was ten times harder for me than it would have been a draft pick coming in as a draft pick. So let me ask you this, Evan, uh, in that regard, because, again, I played at a collegiate level, but it was baseball, and Rob played at the football level collegiately. You played at that collegiate level, and then that next game you were referring to where you had all those scouts watching you, when you made that leap to the NFL and signed on with Buffalo uh, on their practice squad there, or even the following year uh, when you were playing with the Ravens, what is it like to look around and see that level of talent and know that there really isn't a drop off, right? Like what you're talking about there, that oh. mental acuity is where you got to win, right? But that's oh, got to be something. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I came from a small Division two school, so I probably played in front of 10,000 people my career, Yeah, you know, uh, or at a ball game. Um, training camp for the Bills, we had over 17,000 people that training camp. So I was like, wow, we got more people at practice than I had at my game. The Bills Mafia is real. (laughs) So, you know, so it was, you know, just on that, like, oh, my God. And then, like you said, the difference between college and the professional level, there are mutants in the NFL. Like, yeah, 
you see giants running just as fast as you are. And, you know, that was my biggest uh, things I had to overcome that I couldn't understand how someone this big can move that fast. So, you know, growing up in high school and college, you know, usually the bigger guys are slower, right. you know. But up here, it's like everybody is just as good as everybody, you know, out here. <laughs> There's no drop-off. And, and and then the speed of the game, uh, the biggest thing was technique. In the NFL, is all technique. If you're not a technical sound player, you're not going to last long at all. And, you know, by me coming from a Division two program, technique really wasn't stressed as importantly as it should have been. But luckily, I was able to adapt along the way and uh, was able to catch up because uh, I kind of got in uh, good favor with some of the veteran players. And so they kind of took me before and after practice to kind of work on footwork and technique and the importance. Uh, so I was able to really focus on that, add it to my athletic ability. And, you know, it's one of those things, minimizing wasted steps at full speed. Yeah, absolutely, man. And kind of yeah. kind of adding on to that about the uh, the veterans, you got to play at a couple of different organizations. Just uh, always like I've got a couple of friends that have played in the NFL and some people that I've known. I always like to kind of ask a couple of these questions just to get to some perspective um, at that level. But when you were coming through out of the all the teams that you played for, um, as far as a mentor or a veteran, who did you learn the most from and just watch that guy and be like, my gosh, this guy is so dedicated and disciplined and committed. Like this guy, I, I can learn so much from the way that he carries himself at practice, the way he processes the game, the way he plays, like his whole mental mindset as far as it's related to football and life. Who would be that guy that you kind of saw going through that you were like, my goodness, that guy's got it together? I mean, like I said, I'm, I was blessed and fortunate to play for several different organizations. So I have more than one player that just pretty much, you know, really, I guess, helped me to uh, show me how to become a professional. Yeah. Um, uh, and a student of the game. When I was in Buffalo, again, with the Bills, the defensive coordinator, Coach Jerry Gray, he was on me, you know, and uh, really pushing me the importance of, of technique. And, you know, um, when I went to Baltimore, you know, I came in on the dream team. You had Deion Sanders there, which was my <laughs> childhood idol. Uh, you had Ed Reed. You had Ray Lewis, Terrell Suggs, Peter Bowler. Do we got time? Because I can keep going. Uh, <laughs> I'm about to say, I mean, that's, that's like. So many, so what? many Hall of Famers on that, that team. And it was like, wow. And Deion Sanders actually took me up under his wing along with Ed Reed. Because, you know, we're in the secondary. Right. And really showed me that professional level of what you do on and off the field to the point where Deion Sanders, um, uh, he called my room, you know. And because I'm freshly coming to the Ravens, so I'm still living in the, the hotel. And so I get a phone call through my uh, dorm room. And I'm like, who's calling my dorm room? Nobody know my number. <laughs> <laughs> Give me uh, the hotel room. So, right. Uh, when I picked up, he was like, what's up, this Prime? And I'm like, who? Like, <laughs> and I'm like, Dion Prime? <laughs> so in my mind, Dion calling me? <laughs> man, that's crazy. So that's then cool. I had to come like, okay, I'm like, you know, what's up, man? What, what's going on? He was like, what you doing? I'm like, man, I'm up here in my playbook. You know, he was like, come downstairs, man. We're about to go somewhere. I'm like, where we going? He's like, man, we got to go get our feet done. I'm like, go get our feet done where? He's like, man, we're going to go get our feet done. So 
So I'm like, man, I'm not going to get my feet down. He said, man, if you don't bring your tail down these steps. So, <laughs> so I'm getting in, you know, on the route to the nail shop. And I'm like, okay, if Dion goes to the nail shop, then I guess it's cool to go to it's the nail shop. It's cool to go to the nail shop. <laughs> <laughs> so I walk in the nail shop, you know, all the ladies and the women are in there and they looking and I'm like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. And Right when I put my feet in that water, oh my god! <laughs> I don't know if you gentlemen has went and got you a pedicure. I have a look package, but oh my god, it is legit! Changing. It is legit. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, uh, I've been going every week. You know, every, every every two weeks for the last ten years now since I've been playing. That's awesome. But uh, he was telling me that taking care of your body, your feet, these are what's going to pay your bills. So you're going to have to learn how to take care of your body so you can go out there and play at a high level. You know, a lot of people, you know, when they build houses, they got to get uh, keep their tools sharpened, you know, when it's not being put to work. Mm-hmm. And we got to understand that as athletes, we got to take care of our body when it's not getting put to work. So all of these little things you have to add to your uh, normal regimen. Uh, so I started going to the nail shop. I started getting regular massages, you know, on top of um, – you know, the workouts that was mandatory. But when I had time alone, I became a member of a gym. So I did yoga and all of that stuff. What helped me prepare me for that next practice because they kill you in practice. So you got to have to recover fast. so You can go back out there and keep playing at a high level because a million people want your job. <laughs> so in the NFL, again, uh, me as a undrafted free agent, I'm at the bottom of the totem pole, so I have to play up every practice just to keep my name in those coaches' uh, mouth and circulating in the meeting room so I can get on that 53-man roster. Uh, so Dion was one. Ed Reed showed me the importance of uh, film study. I mean, that man studies so much film. Uh, and he made it fun. It wasn't just like we staring at a computer or a television. <laughs> he made it fun. And, you know, it was so, I guess um, – uh, contagious to everybody. Once we went to practice, we already knew what to expect. And then once we got in the games, when the team's coming, if it's third down and five and they come out in this formation through film study, we already know where the ball is going. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's slowing the game down per se, as they say, once you become a student of the game. So Ed Reed was a major asset to my life. Then when I went to the Cowboys, lo and behold, Terrell Owens. Who would have thought T.O. was <laughs> someone that, that uh, I guess, gravitated to me as well. And we hung out. And I was like, man, T.O. want to hang out with me? Like, what? <laughs> That's cool. You know, um, and he taught me the importance of the nutrition, how to eat, you know, how to take care of your body. And I, in that off season, I felt bigger, stronger, faster, healthier, leaner. You know, I felt like I was probably in the best shape of my life by – uh, training with Terrell and uh, sticking with his his diet plan. So um, wow, you know, like I said, I, I've had so many. It's, it's, uh, Chad Pennington when I went to the Dolphins, he was the quarterback uh, uh, with the Dolphins, and it was when Chad Heaney was the actual starter. But they kept Chad to kind of get him uh, coached up uh, because he was supposed to be the future of the Dolphins. But Chad Pennington, I asked him could I start watching film with him so he can show me what quarterbacks look for when they um, get their pre-snap read looking at cornerbacks. So I started building a relationship with uh, CP 
uh, just in the film rooms and stuff like that. So he added a lot of value to my life, man. So there's a lot of special guys that I came across, man, that helped me along the way. And, um, you know, very blessed and fortunate to say I've done that. And I'm from Tacoa, Georgia. <laughs> no, no, that, that is that is so cool, that perspective, man. Yeah. And just, you know, hearing about that and those guys taking time. And you can see, like, guys like yourself, you know, you have to put a lot of time in there to be that good and to be at that level. So kind of that's just really neat to hear about that. So one last thing that I always like that I asked, uh, you've probably heard of him, but Morgan Burnett, he played at Georgia Tech. He was a safety. He played with the Packers for years, and he was at, I think he was at the Browns this year. Uh, but uh, I always I always like to ask the NFL defensive backs, who was the the quarterback in the league, either on your division or that you saw any time playing that you were like, if it's third down or fourth down, that you're just sitting there like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be tough when we got to play this guy when it's crunch time. Who was that QB that you that you really were like, my goodness, that guy is, is tough? Well, again, man, you, you see what's in the NFL back then. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm putting you up against the yeah. wall here. <laughs> I mean, two uh, – I can tell you two two stories. One was Tom Brady. Uh, I wasn't a starter, okay? So when the thing about the NFL is the chess game, they want to create the mismatch. Right. That's why they give the pre-snap read to see what the defense is going to uh, – what kind of defense they play in, and then they change the call, and then they figure out who's mismatch, you know. So we play in New England. I'm with the Cowboys, and the corner just went down. So I came in the game, and it's like third and eight. And <laughs> So I'm going through, you know, giving him a frost pre-snap read, and I just happened to get eye contact with Brady. And it was like, oh, oh. <laughs> Here we and go. I'm, and, I'm, and, and I'm lined up against Randy Moss. You know? so oh, my like, goodness. Oh my God. No trouble. Like, no trouble, no trouble not, there. Yeah. I am not getting on their highlight. Tape, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I promise you, I think I had two back pedals, and I turned and ran because I knew they was going deep. And <laughs> – Sure enough, Randy kept coming towards us. I just kept standing on upfield shoulder, and I saw Tom Brady checking, but I was in such good uh, uh, position on Randy, he decided to throw the check down. And I was like, yep, y'all not <laughs> Not going to get me, not today. <laughs> That's but, awesome. But then a part of me but then a part of me was like, I wish he would have threw it. So I would have been like, okay, what if I would have got an interception? That's right. What if I would have picked you? Yeah. <laughs> what if I would have picked Brady? That's right. Been on, been on Randy Moss's. You got Moss right there, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then the other one was, of course, uh, Peyton Manning. Um, we, like I said, did the pre-snap read <laughs> and everything. And he actually was going to the hot route. But then he looked at me and saw that I was a new corner out there, and he changed the play. <laughs> oh, my God. That's great. How you gonna change? How you gonna change the play? And so luckily, you know, uh, luckily we had a, a nice defensive line that made him rush. Uh, and had to get rid of the ball quicker than he thought, and didn't get a good throw in. But uh, but yeah, man, those are the two quarterbacks that you know. Those guys are legends. Mm. That they find the weakest. Or, or they think they try to pick the mismatch. Right. If you're a new guy out there on the corner, oh, they coming. They coming. They coming. <laughs> you coming. just know it. That, that is so funny, man. That's that's hilarious. That is funny right there. Be ba- be backed up against Randy Moss and Tom Brady. Like, oh, yeah. I didn't even, I didn't even do my pre-snap read or nothing. I just started turning around. Just bail out. I'm I ain't getting beat deep. Yeah. I'm not getting beat deep. <laughs> I hear you. Well, Evan, I tell you what, man. We're going to take a quick break here. Uh, we're going to come back, and uh, we want to let you talk about the Evan Oglesby Foundation for just a minute as well.
as well. So uh, uh, we're going to take a quick break here. You are listening to the Rob, Ben, and Joe Show. We are on Network One Sports. And, of course, you can find us on Spotify and uh, iTunes and uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all those places. We'll be right back. It's Evan Oglesby on the line here on your Rob, Ben, and Joe Show. We'll be right back after this. Tires get revved up for St. Patrick's in Dublin? Then come on down to Bubba's Tire Center where you can get a free alignment with the purchase of four new tires. We have specials on Goodyear, Michelin, BF Goodwrench, and many, many more. Our store is freshly remodeled and we offer the best service and tire buying experience in Middle Georgia. Go to our website, Bubba'sTireCenter.com, and call us today, 478-275-2964. When you need anything done to your vehicle, come see us at Bubba's Tire Center where we do tires and a whole lot more. Hello, everybody. This is Chris Blair, voice of the national champion Fighting Tigers of LSU. And you're locked in to the Rob, Ben, and Joe Show, Middle Georgia's number one voice of community and collegiate sports. Go Tigers. All right, so it's Robin uh, Joe minus Ben here today on your show. Brought to you by Network One Sports and Bubba's Tire. Also find us on Instagram and Twitter at RBJ Show or RBJ Podcast. And you can find us on Spotify and, of course, on Apple iTunes Podcast. We got Mr. Evan Oglesby on the line with us here tonight. And Evan been sharing stories with us about the NFL age and his time with the, the Ravens, the Cowboys, the Dolphins, and the Bills. And uh, I gotta, I'll ask you about my Dolphins as we get to the tail end of this, <laughs> Evan. But right now we want to talk about the good things that you do in our community hometown Tacoa, Georgia, where uh, you have given back to the community with the Evan Oglesby Foundation. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, yes, I uh, started back in 2008. I uh, saw a lot of guys on the team that was doing so much back in their communities. And, you know, I've always had a passion with the youth. And so I thought it was a perfect opportunity that I can start the Evan Oglesby Foundation. You know, my nickname is EO, so it was kind of cool that I was promoting education and opportunity. So it kind of goes along pretty good, the EO Foundation. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we started that, and our mission is to empower and strengthen youth to achieve excellence in education and athletics that are create opportunities for success. And basically, by being in a small town, you know, people think college is this expensive thing, and it is, you know. But my thing is, if you have a talent, I'm not promoting going to the professional level, but let's fine-tune that talent that we can go to college to get that engineering degree for free. All you got to do is play football or get this doctorate degree. All you got to do is play basketball or, you know, some sport that you already have a natural talent for. You just use that to get your education paid for. So I came back and I've been doing a lot of sports camps and we teach character building through sports, financial literacy, uh, leadership, um, characteristics that helps them win on the field, but also in the game of life as well. So once they do get that job, the same principles apply as if you was on the team. That is good stuff, my friend. And you said the organization started out of uh, education and opportunity and you giving back to the community there. Can you uh, point to any stories that you want to share with us about people that have come through your program or uh, opportunities that you've provided to any particular uh, person uh, through maybe grants or scholarship or opportunity that uh, we can hear uh, examples of? Okay, yes. Uh, You know, ultimately through all the summer camps and things like that that we do, our funds goes towards providing scholarships to graduating seniors. So we have given over 35 seniors from Stevens and Habersham County 
uh, scholarships to go to secondary and um, a four-year program. Nice. And I guess we have had maybe eight that has received an athletic scholarship, um, and one being uh, A.J. Howard. I don't know if he has a full ride to West Point, University of West Point. So, uh, I mean, that guy's going to be a phenomenal uh, young man, and he already is. Uh, but we have several kids that are playing at the collegiate level uh, that has came through the Evan Oaksby Foundation and now are going off to college. If some haven't originally came in on scholarship, they have earned the scholarship uh, since they've been there. So, uh, And that's just on the athletic side. And we have a lot of young ladies that have went to school for nursing and uh, to be secondary education teachers. And one of them is uh, going to be an artist. She's uh, taking um, art as a major. So cool. Um, we just don't kind of give scholarships to a certain class of uh, kids that's trying to do things. We go, we have a, a application process, uh, and then we pick from there. And luckily, you know, we've been having a lot of good students that we do uh, pick uh, our reward for our scholarships. That's outstanding work, man. And I know, again, I, I had the pleasure of getting to uh, play ball with, with Evan, and uh, we grew up kind of together. We were only a year or two. Were we one year or two years apart, Evan? I don't even remember. Were you a year behind me or two years behind me? Uh, was you in 98? I graduated in 97, the class of 97. 97, three years. Three years, three okay. Years. So three years yeah. behind me. All uh-huh. right. So uh, I, I've seen some of the work. My point is I've seen some of the work that Evan's done there with his uh, foundation and the kids coming up. And it's so great to hear you talk about Evan there. It's not only the, the boys, but also the girls and the accomplishments academically and athletically and seeing the growth in the community there for or not only Stevens County, but the neighboring Habersham County as well. So uh, uh, how have people been able to impact uh, your foundation from your NFL relationships? Have you had other people come back in or visit or uh, been able to just partner with you to come in and say hey to the kids and, and good things like that? I think that's a unique approach that I do have, that I am able to um, invite former teammates, uh, used to be current and former, and now partnered with Tavares King. He has some guys that are in currently. And we able to do these all-star weekends that we bring a lot of different celebrities into the community. And um, we pretty much let the kids hear their stories and get to, you know, meet and talk and touch those guys uh, because everybody came from a similar background. And um, me coming from Tacoa, I used to hear about the guys that went to the next level, but I never saw them. I used to always hear about them but I never saw them so they can tell me how and what do I need to do to get to that professional level. And so it was a major part of me that the kids going to know me. If I ever make it, they're going to know me. They're going to be able to, to reach out to me and talk to me, and hopefully I can give them the wisdom and tips that they need if they want to play at that next level. So um, I mean, I've had Ed Reed in town. I've had uh, Walter Curry. Tavar King, you know, he's a Habersham legend, UGA football player. Uh, Musa Smith has been to town. I mean, uh, Man. there's so many guys that I've, yeah, there's so many guys <laughs> that have came in. Ronnie Brown, you know, he's a Cartersville, went to Auburn, played right. with me down in Miami. Um, Quentin Moses, uh, I mean, Mosley, UGA, a linebacker, played with me down in the, uh, with uh, Miami, Donnell Ellaby. Like, there's just so many guys, and that's the thing, like, when we, uh, make it to the league. We all, like I said, have similar backgrounds. 
So we know how important it is to go and give back to the next generation. Because there's going to be more kids that want to have that same dream that probably have never been around this environment. And hopefully that what steers them in the right direction so they start making better decisions in the classroom, uh, making better decisions as far as choosing their friends, uh, creating a work ethic, um, all the characteristics that we went through, and it led us to this point. And it's just, I'm not saying being a role model, but I say a big brother, so we can kind of give them a guideline on what they need to do if they want to get to that next level. you got to learn how to make those hard decisions. Yeah, absolutely, man. That stuff is so critical um, for people to see guys like you and Ed Reed and people that are that they can see on TV and then come back and that they're actual human people when it comes down to it. And it's so – you guys do the right thing when it's like that and you come back and give back to the community so the kids that come from similar situations, they can put themselves in, in your shoes and like, well, he was here once and you can relate to these guys and they can see that. We were um, – I was fortunate enough to help out um, a few years back Demarius Thomas we call him Bebe from around here but uh, he was played with the Broncos and stuff and he had he's hosted several camps um, here where it's a community event but he's brought Emmanuel Sanders with him Justin Houston Morgan Burnett some guys that you see playing on Sundays and they'll get up and talk and kind of share some of their stories and kind of how they came through similar to the same way that you're talking about that you guys do in that perspective for a 7-year-old, an 8-year-old, a 12-year-old, a 13-year-old, or a kid that's in high school, to be able to see that and realize that you're just not some fake person on TV that just that all they ever see you in is a uniform, that you're actually a person and you talk about where you came from and how hard it was and what the work is put in, that's what it's all about, man. That's how those kids, they can really relate to you guys. So that's so cool that you're still actively doing that, man. That's awesome in your community. I mean, I love doing it, man, so I don't work a day of my life. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Well, Evan, let me ask you this while we've got you on the phone uh, here, my friend. Uh, I don't know if you've uh, cared much to, to follow the new NFL uh, Players Association agreement, but uh, what are your thoughts on the fact that they're going to add the extra games and uh, you know going to shorten the preseason and all of that kind of stuff? What is your take on that as a, as a former player? I mean, as a former player, I understand why the guys that are playing are making these agreements because we didn't think that we would be out of the league. Yeah, You think that you're going to always be in the league. Yeah. And you don't understand that you're going to be outside of the league way longer in your life than you are playing in the league. Mm-hmm. Right. So your mind needs to not be right now. It needs to be 10 10- – 20 years down the road. So by adding these games uh, or agreeing to that, the NFL is kind of winning on the back end once they turn former players. The benefits is not going to be that great, you know, uh, because of these agreements that you see right now that benefits you now, but it's not going to benefit you 10 years after you stop playing. Little things like that. I didn't see it when I was playing, so I kind of understand why they are doing stuff like this. But now I'm a former player, and I'm hoping that they have this mindset to, you know, like, look, don't forget about us type stuff. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, but, you know, I understand because I was there too before. But if they just start making decisions looking at the long term when they're in there negotiating and stuff, that's the only way we're going to make change, So. 
right now with the new CBA, we just got to hold off 10 years, hopefully. <laughs> we, we can get it get it in these young guys heads like, hey don't forget about us that's you know? right that's right you got to think long term man don't think yeah. about the next two or three think about the next 20 <laughs> 30 yeah. I mean, it is man that's that's kind of crazy you're looking at a you're looking at a rookie contract now it's almost five hundred thousand dollars yeah you know i didn't get that to my third year in the league <laughs> 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 fresh off of college getting that you know so it's like you know um you know, again, I understand because I remember I was that age and I was thinking the way they think. But you know, hopefully it changes over over a period of time. Yeah, man, that's uh that's another cool perspective. Kind of a segue off of that. Um, getting ready to kind of close here. Just talk a little bit about. I always find it fascinating, kind of, to hear people's stories about. Talk about the transition when it was finally your last day of playing professional football and transitioning to normal everyday life you know not with football aside not going to be able to compete professionally a little bit more talk a little bit about that transition and was it difficult for you or was it kind of a cool turn the page type of thing or kind of how did that transition go and uh and how did you take it oh man it's like you know why babies cry when their parents uh tell them to come in from the playground yeah <laughs> <laughs> Same scenario. <laughs> yeah, when, when you're not ready to quit, when somebody else tell you it's over, it's hard. Oh, it yes, tough. And I went into a big hole, man. I mean, it was that was probably the lowest part of my life. Uh, trying to find something that you know um, that I love to do, and you know that comes with the benefits behind it. And you know, at the same time, I still had a leg. I thought I was gonna get another shot. I'm still watching football and seeing all of these cornerbacks is getting hurt and I'm calling my agent, Hey man, hey, such and such just went down. <laughs> to get working, you know. I'm still training, but at the same time, you know, after week two, week three, week four, it's fine. But after it's week ten and I still ain't got a call and I'm like, oh crap, you know, like man, am I gonna you know and I'm still I still have my everyday regimen of working out and I'm training hard and you know it, it starts to hit you. Reality starts to hit. Now that second season, when you still at the house, then reality really sets in. So I kind of got in a little low part where I couldn't even get out of bed, man. I just used to wake up and just stare at the ceiling and like figure out what I'm going to do. Like what am what else can I do with my life? You know, this is all I know. Yeah. College, I mean, the NFL demands all of your time through the off season. So I'm like, man, I kind of forgot most of the stuff I graduated with. You know, college with my degree. I'm like, I will have to go back to school just to review. And try to keep back on, you know. Just to uh, remember, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it was like, you know, what am I going to do? So I started seeking professional help. I got a counselor, and um, she started helping me, you know, figure out my strengths in life. You know, yeah, that was one phase of my life. What's next? And um, I always had a passion for youth, and it just kind of helped me with my quest. Uh, of getting myself back together because I'm still active. I'm still working out, but now I'm helping some other person live out their dream. And that's when I started doing my camps and doing my clinics. I came back to the core, opened up the center and just to see the kids grow and develop. That was like, okay, this is therapy for me. I'm still active. You know, I'm still in shape and I'm playing. I'm not playing at that level, but I'm still in the game somehow. And then I'm, now my my quest is to help you get there, get to that next phase in your life. And I was able to overcome all of that 
I probably didn't watch NFL for about seven years. Wow. The game. Yeah, like uh, because I'm at the house watching guys that I'm better than play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, oh, yeah. And, then, and then they're getting contracts, and I tell people I don't watch football, and they're like, why you don't watch football? I'm like, if you get fired from your job, you're going to go back seeing who else they don't hire. <laughs> it's true. That's a very good very way good to look point. at it. Yeah. 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 Like, no, I'm not watching that, you know. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like two years ago was the first time I started watching the playoff. Uh, and then now, you know, I guess the bitterness has left. And now, I mean, I can watch the game now and enjoy it uh, without those feelings. For one, a lot of the guys that, has retired when I was in there. <laughs> so I don't even know these guys. Don't know these kids <laughs> in there comp- now. Your competition's yeah, gone, yeah. so you're like, ah, yeah, oh, it's cool, yeah, man. <laughs> I, I, don't know, I don't know how lucky Terrence Newman is. You know, I play with him. <laughs> like, he's still in the league. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, Evan, uh, we appreciate the time you spent with us here today, my friend. Before we let you go, uh, is there some contact information or if a, uh, people want to go see more about the Evan Oglesby Foundation? Is there a place they can go see that? Yes, uh, we're online at uh, org. We're also on Facebook with Evan Oakley Foundation and Twitter. Um, I'm moving to Atlanta, and I'm starting a new program with toddlers, uh, getting them started a little earlier. And, um, so <laughs> the we'll, toddlers, we'll be yeah. With toddlers, man, getting them started early. Uh, just off of physical activity, getting them out of the house, getting them um, socializing with other kids and things like that. And, um uh, I think it's going to be a really great opportunity for us as well. But, uh, again, we're on social media. Uh, kids or anybody that want to reach out to me personally, I'm on social media with Instagram, Evan Oglesby, uh, and also on Facebook with Evan Oglesby. So. All right. Well, Evan, we certainly do appreciate your time and your insight and sharing with us here today. And uh, hopefully we'll have you on again uh, in the future. But uh, it's been a lot of fun listening to you talk and uh, tell us the inside scoop for the NFL. So before I let you go, I told you I would ask you about my Dolphins here at the end. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a, Evan, it's a waste. I've told him. It's a, it's a, lo- it's a dumpster fire. I've told him. <laughs> Don't get your hopes up. <laughs> okay. Well, then I guess we'll just leave it there. Then I just want to get my Hopes up. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not Miami. It's not the Dolphins' fault. It's just too much distraction in Miami. Uh, it's not the Dolphins' fault. It's, it's just the too much distraction. It's, it's, it's so big that the players, there's not that team camaraderie that other teams have because it's so much distraction in Miami. Everybody does their own thing. Mm. Where versus Baltimore, if one person went out, we all, a whole secondary went out. Yeah. Or the, all the receivers went out, you know. And in Miami, it's just so many different things and elements. People do their own thing, and then you don't have that team camaraderie. All right. Well, that's good to know. Now I know why my Dolphins are awful. It's just <laughs> – yeah, exactly. That's it. Bunch of, <laughs> hey, a bunch of individuals, the individuals. Man, that's it. No that's team. It. That's no it. team. All right. Well, Evan Oglesby there with us. Evan, we certainly do appreciate you, sir. Thank you for spending the time with us. No, thank you. All right, and we will uh, talk to you again later on. Rob, Ben, and Joe here with you. We'll be back in just a little bit. Brought to you by Network One Sports and Bubba's Tire. Uh, We'll be right back to talk about what might be the college and NFL season coming up. We don't know, but we'll talk about it on the way back right after this. Right now. 
Hello, everybody. This is Chris Blair, voice of the national champion Fighting Tigers of LSU. And you're locked in to the Rob, Ben, and Joe Show, Middle Georgia's number one voice of community and collegiate sports. Go Tigers. You need a new set of tires to get revved up for St. Patrick's in Dublin? Then come on down to Bubba's Tire Center where you can get a free alignment with the purchase of four new tires. We have specials on Goodyear, Michelin, BF Goodwrench, and many, many more. Our store is freshly remodeled, and we offer the best service and tire buying experience in Middle Georgia. Go to our website, Bubba'sTireCenter.com, and call us today, 478-275-2964. When you need anything done to your vehicle, come see us at Bubba's Tire Center, where we do tires and a whole lot more. All right, so it's Rob, Ben, and Joe here. You can check us out every, what is it, Saturday morning, Rob? Saturday mornings, 10, 10 o'clock, o'clock. Ah. 96.9 The Buzz. And <laughs> you can check us out on Facebook at uh, Robin, Ben, and Joe Show. Is that right? Yes, the Rob, Ben, and Joe Show. We drop on Friday nights at Friday 7, night, 7 o'clock. The podcast drops. Be the first to check it out. And then if you want to get a double dose, check it out at 10 o'clock on the radio station. Don't forget to double tap that like button on the Rob, Ben, and Joe show page on Facebook. That's right. And, of course, you can always uh, check out our polls and see who the people are we're going to be talking to each and every week. We're going to talk about high school sports. We're going to talk about college and Georgia Tech. And Georgia, unfortunately. No, I'm just kidding. And Mercer, Georgia Southern, Georgia State, and anybody else that we seem fit to That's right. put on the show. That's right. You never know who's going to be there. So be sure to check us out every week. It's the Rob, Ben, and Joe show. Check us out on Facebook and of 96.9 The Book. (laughs) (laughs) All right, welcome back to your Rob, Ben, and Joe show. Minus Ben tonight. He has left us high and dry, even in the quarantine. He's left us. I don't understand. He has. (laughs) I'm just playing. Had to get out and go take care of some good stuff, I guess. So, uh... But he had to miss Evan Oglesby. So how about that? What a good conversation with Evan. That was so cool. The perspective of uh, just every different player, because everybody has a different background. Everybody has a different – some people are drafted. Some people are undrafted. And it's just so cool to listen to everybody's pathways, their different stories. And I think some of the coolest stuff is just getting to see some of – or hear about – the human behind the football pads or the helmet or the jersey, like hearing about Ed Reed and, and primetime, you know, last just listen to that kind of stuff. Really cool, man. Cause you know, we don't get to watch that. I mean, no. you may get to watch a 30 for 30 on somebody, but that's not like Joe telling a story about a personal friend. So right. talking about Deion Sanders, that's just really cool. man. Yeah. Deion never called me and told me we we're going to get our nails done. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> you know, that's just like stuff like that. You'd never hear that on TV. Yeah. I mean, that's only a one-on-one perspective. So that's the stuff like that. That's just really cool. I imagine that story about, uh, you know, he shared with us there coming in the game against Tom Brady, third and eight. And you got, you got, one of the best receivers in Randy Moss of all time standing in front of you. You got maybe the best quarterback in NFL history standing behind there, and you're like, man, this ain't good. Yeah. That's crazy right it's there. It's so right? funny, too, how he knows you're about to get picked. Like, yeah. It's like it's like Brady. Brady's all out there. He said, oh, you got fresh blood. Uh, exploit. Yeah. I'm going at that guy. That's regardless right. if he's in position or not, Like regardless if he's caked, I'm still throwing it. <laughs> so well, funny. That is crazy, crazy stuff right there. So we were talking at the beginning of the show here, Rob, about, you know, they're already canceling things uh, like the Olympics, which, you know, so far down the road, Summer Olympics. But we talked about whether or not they're going to have the NFL season, the uh, collegiate season. And I heard uh, a story on the way over here. I was listening to ESPN Radio. And uh, they were talking about the date of uh, July 1st, I believe they said. If they didn't know by July 1st, there would be, you know, 
potential problems for the NFL season is what they were referring to in that particular story. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, do you think we have to know and everything has to be back to normal by July 1st, or is everything else really in jeopardy? What do you think? There's a couple of pieces to the platter. Let's just put it that way. Yep. The reason why July is such a big date for the NFL, for one, is because they start training camps. Mm-hmm. But on the back side of that, July is a big piece for college football because we all had to report in July, not not on July 1, but in the – it's normally the third or fourth week of July was when camp would start. Yep. So if they have not deemed anything by then, you the season's in trouble because that's a – I mean, you have essentially six weeks basically to get ready – before school starts and everything, to right. hit it really hard through camp and set the roster, get all the plays in. I mean, there's a lot that happens. New recruits come in. They're trying to acclimate to college life. They're, we got, you know, there's workouts, there's practice. I mean, it's a totally different animal. So by July, if, if there's something like that still going on, that would pose a big issue, really big. But here's my thing about the Olympics. 100% agree with them postponing the Olympics for this reason. Okay. The president's talks today and yesterday, there's 150 countries affected by this virus. It's not just us. It's not just Italy. It's not just China. It's not right. just South Korea. 150. Okay, so that's all over the world. So the Olympics, people go out there before July, whenever the start date is. <laughs> right. So it's just too early because it's still spreading across the world. So you got people for the Olympics that come from all over the, the world. I mean, right. every continent, you know, every place that you can, you know, that you can draw a pin to, they're coming to Japan. Right, and they're there in the back end of May. I mean, they're really getting there, getting acclimated, acclimated to the location and to all the facilities and all of that. It's stuff. too early. Yeah. It's way too early. There's just all those people traveling. Mm. You get them all, and they provide housing for them. Right. They're in a lot of close quarters because, like, you know, when the Olympics were in Atlanta, a lot of those buildings Georgia Tech uses now where they were housing Olympic athletes right. up there. So this is a big difference with comparing it. Oh, the Olympics got postponed. So well, what about college football and professional? I think we're stepping a little bit too far, looking a little bit too far ahead because, you know, it's going to peak – and you're looking at maybe the middle to end of April where it should – the peak of it should go down. We should have a lot – they've got a lot of promising therapies that look like they're going to be out. Yeah, we won't have a vaccine, but there'll be ways to treat it. We know, we'll know so much more about it by May. I mean, I just think that by the middle of the summertime, especially into spring, middle of summer, I think you'll have a really good idea what's going on. I personally – think as far as the co the collegiate stuff goes, I think by June 1st or whenever the last semester of school is and May's over, I think in June a lot of the football players will be able to come back and do they'll have summer workouts. I think a lot of that stuff will be – June will be a good point because we got to think, man, we're <clears throat> March 26th. Yep. That's a long time. you got April and May. That's two months before anything goes on. That's a lot of days. That's a lot of weeks for this thing to get, you know, It's a lot of time. It's a lot of time, man. So I'm, I'm not ready to jump on that yet. I think that's a little excessive for them to even put that out there. And like I told you earlier, what did we say? How much did the NCAA lose on the tournament oh, this year? Almost a billion dollars. Almost a billion with a B. One billion yeah. dollars. And – 
the city of Atlanta lost $120 million yeah. off of just not having the Final Four. Yeah. So with all that being taken, all that being taken into consideration, think about college football. You got a game on Tuesday night. There's a game on Wednesday night. There's a game on Thursday. There's a game on Friday. There's a game on Saturday. There's games on Sunday. Ooh. Could you imagine? Now, if that's the case, and I, it's not, I'm, I'll be, I'll be willing to step out there and say it's not going to happen just strictly for the economic ramifications for media. For the universities, for the professional teams, how in the world for you know watching my language, but like you know you, your brain wants to just kind of like you know it's like what the heck like right. how you gonna pay Tom Brady to sit on the sidelines? Yeah, you gonna, how's that? How's that organization selling no tickets? They're not gonna sell any jerseys. They're not getting any money from broadcasting. And what are they going to do? Even on the college level now, you've got all these, you know, you got the SEC network, you got the ACC network, all of these networks now that, I mean, just will not sustain. Well, you know, the SEC and the ACC probably in a better shape than most of the others that are out there. Yeah. But you've got some of those fledgling networks on some of these other uh, West Coast and middle uh, conference uh, stations and colleges that would just collapse without a year of revenue. No doubt about it. No doubt. And think about it. All of the money that is spent on football recruiting, just recruiting alone, mm-hmm. you're talking about millions of dollars these schools are spending. What are the coach's salary? Do you think that that's all donated money by the athletic <laughs> fund? No, it's not. They're not selling enough season tickets. They don't have enough butts in seats. Right. To, you couldn't fill Sanford Stadium enough to have enough donations <laughs> to pay Kirby's salary and to pay the other 30 yeah. people he's got on his staff, right. assistant coaches, player development, the film breakdowners to the grad assistants, it's the same way at Tech. It's the same way at Mercer. If you're not filling seats and the games aren't getting televised and you're not getting that 300,000 from ESPN on a primetime night, you – Okay, so what about the little school? You know, Mercer gets paid two hundred fifty grand the first year we play Division One school. We play Georgia Tech. I had already graduated. They go and play Tech, get a check for two hundred fifty thousand dollars. That really, really, really matters. Really matters for yeah. Mercer. That pays for travel for them mm. for the rest of the year. That allows them to buy new uniforms. A lot of that stuff sponsored, but that allows them to grow and to develop. Right. You got to build a program. You have to build a program, and that's why these big schools will play the little schools because the little schools can make, in some cases, five hundred grand. That's such a big deal for those smaller universities. That's right. And they don't all just take it to football. When Mercer gets that check, they get to sprinkle that into baseball, into basketball. That helps develop these universities. And people are taking. If you don't think that sports drives the economy. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're and wrong. Especially at the university level. That's right. As big a football place, just think about Alabama, Auburn. Yep. That's what I was about to say. Think about the college towns. Think about the things that are going on around the athletic events and all of those towns and the athletes and the family. I mean, I've got a friend right now who's got a, a daughter in school in Atlanta who is a phenomenal soccer player yeah. with a scholarship opportunities that are there. And guess what? Right now, all of that's on Paul. So she's like – I don't. I was just talking to uh, the mother the other day. Uh, we we work in media together, and we were just discussing. She's like, we don't know where she's going to go to school right now. We don't know if she's going to get to go to school because they don't know what they're going to be able to do with the scholarships that yeah. are there. And I was just like, that's a crazy place to be. So you got to think about all of those ripples that come out from saying, "Yep, yeah, we're not going to play." It's it's just there's 
I don't want to say there's no way because I would have said there was no way that a lot of this other stuff right. would have been canceled. But I'm almost to that point to where, like, okay, college baseball, you know, yeah, they're losing revenue off of that, but that ain't going to break them. Right. Not one season right. of that. Right. Like, that's not that yeah. much. After money. the sixth inning, you walk in the gate anyway, you know. I mean, a like, on, a, so. on, a, on an average seating night at, at Coley Field in Athens. Yep. You got what, maybe five hundred to a thousand people, maybe uh, a little maybe bit 12, more. Twelve to fifteen hundred probably. Okay, in there. so yeah. depending on who you are, Atlanta, yeah. Russ Chandler, eh, they may have a thousand people on a Monday night game. Yeah. Okay, maybe. And half of them are students, so they didn't pay anyways. Right. They got free That's tickets. Right. That's right. So it's the same way mm. in Atlanta, same way at Mercer. It's the same way. You may have three or four hundred people there, half the kids are students. They didn't pay to get in. That's right. So that baseball's not going to kill you, but when you talk up there, you're talking about fifty thousand, sixty thousand, ninety thousand. Okay, that's Uni- a lot of money. University of Georgia probably have seventy thousand season ticket holders. Yeah, that's already fair. already bought their season tickets, mm-hmm. already made their donation. What you going to tell that seventy thousand? Oh, thanks for your money in February, but uh, we're not having any games. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. What is the university going to do? They're yep. gonna have. They would have to refund, and I know what it costs for our season tickets at oh, Georgia Tech. Yeah, the, the, they're not. They're not. They're not a couple like hundred bucks. Yeah, I mean, not for not something, for six or seven seats. Something with a comma in it. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> when you talk about that, we're just one seven person group. Right. It's Think crazy. about all of the thousands, and that's just two universities. What about Alabama? What about Michigan? Ugh. What about LSU? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Like, in LSU, coming after the national championship, you know their season, you couldn't buy a season you ticket. You couldn't get in that stadium. Right? It's the same way with yeah. Georgia when they made it to the national championship a few yeah. years ago. Buying season tickets there is astronomically expensive. It's absolutely crazy to think about the ramifications there. So uh, let me switch gears on you. we got a couple minutes left here before we're done. Can you believe it? Rob, Ben, and Joe show here with you on Network One Sports. And uh, – well, we've only got a couple minutes. We've we've left Ben out entirely, but that's okay. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> so today is a opening day for Major League, or would have been opening day for Major League Baseball season. Let me ask you, Rob, what game would you have been watching tonight? Would you have been watching the Braves, or would you have been just whatever all day baseball on the two? I or? would have watched what I normally do with with baseball, and I'm not I'm not a huge baseball junkie as yeah. far as that goes. I'm a football basketball guy, but I like baseball too. I'm not I'm not saying I hate baseball, but the. <laughs> The opening day of baseball to me is like the the bridge to warm weather. Oh, yeah. It's like the spark of like, hey, spring is finally here. We finally have we have we have basically something going on every night with baseball. There's something on the weekends. I would have tuned in to the Braves. Always like to see. I always keep up with the Braves. Like to see what they're doing. You right. never know what's going to happen. Not with those guys. So I like to watch them and keep up with them. And opening day signifies a, a start of a long season. You know you're going to have stuff for months on end. That's right. But without the start of that, it's almost like, you know, what are we doing here? You know, it's kind of like what's happening, and it's just so awkward. So for you, what's Well, what's I would have been uh, – the two games I always want to see, I always like to try to flip over and see whoever the Braves are playing on opening day. And then I also love to watch, especially when the Cubbies are at home, I love to flip oh, yeah. over and watch whoever 
the Cubbies are playing on their opening day because you've got, you know, all those rooftop seats out there and just the the atmosphere there for me is one that I love to watch. I mean, people talk about the Yankees and Boston and, you know, depending upon where you are, of, of California teams over there, but I love watching the, the Cubbies in their opening day. It's just always a great fanfare for me. So I would have definitely been watching the Braves and the Cubbies today, no doubt about it. That would have been really cool, you know, Wrigley <clears throat> Field. That's a, that's a cool place, and I always, yep. I always like to keep up with the Red Sox too. I've yep. been to Fenway. That's a – those environments are so cool. Yeah. So. But it's just it just feels weird. It's like it's really unprecedented. I mean, nobody you really have not had to deal with any of this stuff. But I I think by you know I think probably by the first of May, hopefully we've got sports fired back up and we've got some, you know, maybe another month of, of kind of dormancy we've got some yeah. stuff rolling, you know. <laughs> well, uh, uh, we will see. We shall see. And one of the other things we did not get to talk about today, but we will next week. We'll wait on Ben to get back. Todd Gurley is an Atlanta Falcon. He is. You guys heard it here first. Yeah. (laughs) Saw in your crystal ball. But who's he going to run with? That's the question. Edo Smith. Edo Smith. Need some help other than because the other guys, uh, if I called their names, you would have no clue. (laughs) Well, we'll talk about the Falcons, what they got brewing in the draft, and everything else coming back up. Uh, Next week, be sure and tune in Network One Sports. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at RBJ Show. Find us on Facebook, RBJ Podcast, and now on Spotify and your Apple iTunes Podcast. Download listen to us there. For Rob and Ben, we'll see you next week on your Rob, Ben, and Joe show. Good night. You need a new set of tires get revved up for St. Patrick's in Dublin? Then come on down to Bubba's Tire Center where you can get a free alignment with the purchase of four new tires. We have specials on Goodyear, Michelin, BF Goodwrench, and many, many more. Our store is freshly remodeled, and we offer the best service and tire buying experience in Middle Georgia. Go to our website, Bubba'sTireCenter.com, and call us today, 478-275-2964. When you need anything done to your vehicle, come see us at Bubba's Tire Center, where we do tires and a whole lot more.